Our God is a missionary God, and we are His missionary people. You're listening to The Scent Life, the official podcast of the Center for Great Commission Studies at Southeastern Baptist Theological Seminary. The long game of evangelism is when we disciple somebody who turns around and disciples others. Today in the podcast, we're going to talk with a guest who will let us know what it's like to be on both the receiving and the giving end of evangelism and discipleship. Welcome to The Scent Life. Hey, Keelan, welcome. Thank you, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Can't complain. Semester going okay? So far. Okay, everybody's behaving. All your students are good? I think so. I think so. All right. Well, I'll tell you like I tell the students. Now, don't procrastinate too long. The end is still coming. That's right. So, hey, we've got a great day today. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm really excited about our guest today. A friend of ours in the podcast studio, Dr. Matt Hurt. Matt, welcome. Scott, thank you. Keelan, good to be here. So this is not the first time we've had Matt with us. Matt was with us uh, last season. That's right. We talked about a book that he wrote that was in connection with a Ph.D. dissertation that he wrote on people groups. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, But also, Matt was not one of the stars, but one of the kind of sideline people from a conversation we had a couple weeks ago with Dr. George Robinson. We talked about his book, Generational Disciple Making. That's right. Yeah. So uh, if you guys will recall, we had that conversation with Dr. Robinson where he, he went through this book. Well, with Matthew here, Matthew was actually one of the contributors and helped him pull together and edit that work. And so we've got the other side of that equation in the studio with us today. And so it's a good opportunity for us to pick some of that conversation back up, drill in specifically on Matthew's chapter, and then tie it back together with the season that we're having on evangelism. That's right. You know, evangelism is about, in the Great Commission, you make disciples of all nations. So evangelism is about leading people to faith in Jesus investing in people so that the life of Jesus is matured in them. And then hopefully there's a reproducibility that takes place. And so Matt's here really as the illustration of this whole process, right, Matt? One of the illustrations, at least. So the the book has, uh, I think, seven or eight different illustrations of people who have been discipled by, well, first by Ronnie and then by George and then uh, a lot of us other guys who are out doing discipleship in various contexts uh, in the U.S. and around the world. That's right. So tell us a little bit, just remind our, our, our listeners a little bit about what you're doing now. I am currently serving as a missionary faculty with the International Mission Board in Nigeria. I serve as a missions lecturer, professor at the Nigerian Baptist Theological Seminary in Nigeria, and I teach uh, various missions topics, missions leadership, evangelism, uh, current theologies in missions, uh, so various topics that we're dealing with at the bachelor's, master's, and doctoral levels. Sounds exciting. So before we go too much further and get into the book and some of the subsequent conversation, I want us to camp out on what you just said, Matthew. So what you're telling me is you are an IMB missionary. Yes. But you're actually serving in a capacity where you're working alongside a seminary overseas. Yes, and so we have a historical connection with the Nigerian seminary. Uh, The IMB was formative in establishing that seminary in 1898. It's actually the oldest or second oldest Baptist seminary in the world. How about that? Wow. And so we have a long history there. Uh, We have recently re-engaged in that partnership with them, and we are honored to be a part of that. And so it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of folks who are now currently engaged in theological education work with the International Mission Board, and it's a great opportunity for 
uh, for students and scholars to participate in the missionary task. Excellent. So I actually think, and I may be wrong here, but I feel like that kind of segues us into your chapter in the book, in a sense, yeah. the role of theological education, right, in yes. disciple making. Yeah, theological education has a role to play. It, it's an important role. Uh, I, I don't want to, and I don't just mean the institutional theological education. Sure. Theological education is part of the leadership development process. Right. Any time that we are developing leaders, whether it's in the local church, in the seminary, in the mission field, wherever that is, uh, we are providing theological education. It might be formal, it might be informal, it can take different roles. But there has to be some elements there that we are providing formative instruction, guidance uh, in how to think well and to obey the Word of God in response to that theological reflection. Yeah, and so that really is where you enter into the whole conversation of generational disciple-making that we picked up with Dr. Robinson, right? I mean, you guys met one another really as a result of your pursuit of theological education, right? Yeah, so I was a, I was a student here at Southeastern pursuing my MDiv in international church planting, uh, and I had Dr. Robinson in one of my classes, uh, and we, we connected and, uh, through that class, and we continued that you know, relationship, that mentoring uh, friendship that, that or it became a friendship over 10 years of working together, and he poured into me in ways that I didn't even realize at the time as a right. student, but it was you know years down the road on the field, first in South Asia, then in, in local church ministry here in the U.S., and now back on the field. It, those, those lessons that he taught keep coming up again and again. And as we were putting together this book, it became really obvious uh, what he was doing. Mm. Uh, and I, I describe this book as a proof of concept mm. of... Robert Coleman's Master Plan of Evangelism. Right. That's a really good way to talk about it, I think. Yeah. So talk to us a minute. So for our, for our listeners, um, many of whom heard the previous podcast where Dr. Robinson sort of unpacked from his perspective the vision, the passion behind uh, generational disciple-making, discipleship, uh, downline. From your perspective as the almost, almost as a middle person, right? I mean, Dr. Robinson invested in you, and now you have turned around and be- taken that same DNA and made that part of your your calling in life to lead people to faith uh, and to mentor and disciple them closer to Jesus. So what's it like now, again, as you reflect, or what were some of the things uh, that perhaps you picked up from Dr. Robinson along the way that uh, now you're able to, to, to pass on to others? And Yeah, two things I would say in response to that. One is that we should all be middle people. Yeah. None of us are the beginning, and none of us are the end of that line. That's the whole word. idea about generational disciple-making. The, the faith is passed on to us uh, by, through proclamation and discipleship, and we are then held respons- we're, we're responsible for passing that on to the next generation. Right. Uh, so that's, that's one thing. The second thing is, and this is, I really hit on this in my chapter on theological education in generational disciple-making, is that regardless of the area of discipline, mm-hmm. regardless of the field of study, of, of theological focus, it, it needs to have an external okay. momentum. It has to have an external focus. Again, th- and this is true, of, of obviously, of missiology, evangelism, uh, those disciplines, but it's also true of less likely uh, topics like biblical studies, mm-hmm. biblical languages, uh, you know, theology proper, we, we have to ask that so what question. Mm-hmm. 
And there's, there is application for the mission field in those disciplines. Mm-hmm. Taking something, uh, one of the harder ones, you know, biblical languages, right. right? How does that fit into missional thinking or, evan- or evangelistic thinking? Well, we think about translation methodology. We think That's about right. those aspects that how we think about language, how we translate the scriptures, that matters. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a reason why Adoniram Judson's translation of the Burmese Bible is still widely used today. Uh, minor updates due to language changes, but his translation is still really the standard. He, he was an excellent linguistic mm-hmm. scholar. He studied the language as well and, and put in the time to understand the culture well. On the flip side of that, William Carey's translations were notoriously really bad, right? Uh, and it's because of his his uh, his uh, philosophy of how language was. He mm-hmm. he thought there was a word for word comparison mm-hmm. between languages, and that's simply not true. And he ended up borrowing words from the language that simply didn't communicate what he was trying to communicate. Right, right. And so, uh, thinking about, I mean, that that's something that should be taught as mm-hmm. part as we study Greek and Hebrew and as we study these. Okay, how does this matter? when we're out in the world, well, it matters a lot when we're trying to communicate the gospel in a, in a missions context. That's right. Yeah, that's a great great observation. So, again, theological education is uh, not just this ivory tower experience of training, right. you know, training the scholar, training you know, the person that will be locked into an office. It really is about discipleship. It's about, it's about mission. It's about equipping people um, for the task. So talk to us a bit about how you view what you do right now uh, in your your professor uh, mm-hmm. role uh, in Nigeria, as uh, as evangelism, as discipleship. So you can talk to us maybe some about some of the the courses that you teach, the people that you're teaching. But how do you view this part of your calling the, to the academy, but to the academy on an international field as part of this missionary and and discipleship uh, process? I would say there, there's two there's kind of two fronts on that. Um, first, Nigeria overwhelmingly identifies as Christian. About 50% of the population identifies as Christian, and I say that very intentionally Mm -hmm. uh, because uh, very much like the Bible Belt South and other parts of North America, there is a very strong cultural Christianity there. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so there, we really can't make the assumption that all of the students that are at the seminary are, are actually saved. Okay. Uh, many of them are there simply pursuing a job uh, and not really uh, not and haven't really ex- had a salvation experience. And so there's an evangelism component on that end of it. On the other aspect is Nigeria has one of the fastest growing populations in the world. Nigerian population grows by 15,000 people every day. That's a net growth. By 2050, expected that Nigeria will have the third most populous country in the world. It will actually surpass the population of the United States. Mm-hmm. And uh, so that's a large population uh, in the world. And so there is a massive evangelism need. And if we are relying on the few missionaries who are there, and frankly, the, even the significant number of churches that are there currently, it, it's it's insufficient to meet the needs that are that are just growing exponentially every day, and so there is a need to train and equip and mobilize and send, 
a generation of evangelists and missionaries and uh, missional pastors uh, in Nigeria and beyond to reach that population. And of course, I mean, beyond. I mean, because Nigeria has amazing sending capacity uh, if they uh, really embrace the Great Commission and take ownership of it. So I love this conversation for a couple of reasons. One, the way you're talking right now sounds very similar to the way we talk about here, Sure. right? So a lot of the same language that we would use here when we talk about how do you help a church think through sending culture and how do you help them think through how do we disciple our people to be on mission and engage and, and be mobilized to go other places and we've got to scale out our ability to make new disciples. Mm-hmm. That's all the same kind of stuff we're talking about here. Absolutely. Your context, though, is, is going to be one that's cross-cultural to this one. It's a very different space. And so I think it's neat that what we're hearing you say is some of the same basic tasks that we see in front of us, we actually see in other places on the, the mission field as well. It's, it's not that that's fundamentally different, but what does the context do to it in your setting that might be different than what we'd see here? I think that's one of the questions I'd have. Yeah, it's a, a, this, is, this ties into the generational disciple-making book also because we see, you see different authors that contributed to the book working in different contexts. And, and applying different methodologies, using different approaches based on their context, but the same DNA is there. Mm. The same, uh, the methodology is different, mm. but the mentality is the same. We're going to make disciples. And so that, is, I kind of take that with me to Nigeria, right? The mentality is going to be the same. We're going to make disciples. Now, what does that look like here? Um, that's going to, one, overcoming a lot of Uh, ethnic barriers, Mm -hmm. a a lot of tribal barriers, uh, and even some religious barriers that go along with that, uh, that would uh, create some resistance for Christians to even want to share the gospel with um, their Muslim or African traditional, um, even family members, Mm -hmm. their neighbors at the very least. And so helping them to work past some of those barriers and, and theologically think through why is it important that we share with them? And one of the other differences there is helping them think through some of the the legacy church things. Mm. Um, again, that cultural Christianity is there, and so there is this idea that everybody knows the Bible, hmm. right. so regardless of their religious background. And so they will sometimes they're very quick. My my students were very quick to just jump to John three sixteen. Mm-hmm. in their evangelism, and then they couldn't understand why a Muslim might be upset at hearing that, that God gave his only son, and right. this son died, and there was, uh, there's these issues there that they weren't uh, culturally aware of, uh, even in their own contexts. A third thing that's really important is helping them understand things like worldview. Mm. And I think this is important for us here in North America sure, also, sure. thinking through how do we do evangelism in a way that seeks to transform the worldview and not just seek to change external behaviors. Yeah. And, but again, the worldview is different. I'm coming at it from my worldview, trying to understand their worldview and simultaneously trying to help them understand their own worldview. And so there's some challenges there all around. So I'm learning as I'm teaching them as well. And it's that part of it is a lot of fun for me. I bet. I bet. So that last point brings up something that I think is interesting on this conversation, too. So we're talking right now about training people to do evangelism 
across a culture. So you are across culture from them, not just teaching them how to do the evangelism right. to other cultures. And so how does teaching evangelism, so you have classes in evangelism, right? Yes. How does teaching evangelism, like what are the challenges of it in a cross-cultural settings for say some of our missionary listeners? Yeah, so one of the things that uh, is a challenge is that, and this goes back to some of our traditional ideas of theological education, especially formal theological education, where it's it's divorced from practical elements. Uh, I've had to rethink a lot of the ways that I teach evangelism in order to emphasize the practical elements. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not just a classroom exercise. We're not just learning about evangelism, but we're going to teach something in the classroom and then get you out of the classroom as soon as possible to get out and go do it. And that is one of the elements of it. Uh, Apprenticeship is the primary learning methodology in West Africa. Mm. You, you, you go with, uh, you want to be a wood carver, so you are going to go and study with a wood carver, and you're going to sit with them and study with them for years. And, that, and you're going to be given tasks to do along the way, and that wood carver is going to show you how to do something, and he's, once he shows you how to do it, he's going to expect you to do it. Mm. And taking an approach uh, in theological education that reflects that apprenticeship model, uh, I think is a very effective Mm. method, uh, frankly, not just in West Africa, but it's something that we might need to rediscover here (laughs) in North America as well. Now you're meddling. I am, (laughs) but I'm going back to Africa, and so uh, I can meddle all I want. Yeah, no, I, I think that's I think that's exactly right. So, uh, and, and for those who are listening that may not know this, when I served for the IMB, I actually served in West Africa as well. So, what right. he's saying about apprenticeship, that's it was spot on in the so I was several countries away, but spot on where I was as well. You've got this observation and imitation model for learning how to do something that's really at play where you've not had a lot of formal educational experience. You're, you didn't get a degree in being a carpenter. You went and you helped a carpenter until you yes. knew how to be a carpenter. Mm-hmm. And that there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefit to, to using that in order to disciple people. So if you think of discipleship as an apprenticeship, I think there's something significant to that. I do. I agree. Yeah, for sure. Man, Matt, thanks for being with us today. Thanks, God. I appreciate it. Keelan, wonderful to see you guys. It's you always too, great to see you and have you around and uh, appreciate you adding uh, more light and flair to our conversation about generational disciple-making and appreciate the work that you're doing uh, and the work that the International Mission Board is doing as we lean into theological education, really as the, as the missionary uh, journey uh, matures along the way, right? As, as believers and churches are strengthened, this is the next level of, uh, of, of theological education, of, of, of missions, the next level of missions. So thanks a ton for what you do. Thanks, thanks for being here, and thank you for joining us for the Scent Life uh, this episode. Listen, if you are enjoying what you're hearing, uh, pass this along, right, to uh, to friends, to family members, uh, those that you work with. Uh, feel free to like us, uh, send comments on any of our social media pages. We look forward to talking to you in the next episode. 